Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Edward Assel, and we are departing a little bit from the tiki conversations as of late. And we are doing that uh, by talking about Fernet USA. And we've got a special guest with us, and I'm going to let her introduce herself because she's got a cool, long title. <laughs> I, 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 no, that's it. It's perfectly okay. <laughs> I was like, I can't remember. We the changed thing. over to Bronca USA. We just made it more complicated. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Brent Falco. Uh, I think some of y'all know me out there, but with Bronca USA, so I'm a senior portfolio manager with Growing Markets. And yes, I work on our That's what I couldn't events. get, right. Senior Portfolio Manager of Growing Markets. Yes. Right, yeah. You'll see a lot of people put a lot of states behind their names. I'm like, nah, give me just growing markets. No, but it is it is cool because that's, I, I mean, everybody's a growing market, right? But I mean, that means you're concentrating on the areas that are really like seeing People call them smaller growth. markets. Right. And, I, and I, I think that terminology is out of date and it's um, invalid yeah. because I feel like even being born and raised in Louisville, but actually my bar home is L.A., Watching. I know you were born and raised in Louisville right now because you just said it. It is a Louisville. Louisville, <laughs> Louis- Kentucky. <laughs> you know it. But yeah, it's. Um, I kept watching everyone go to like places like Kentucky, Cleveland, different places like Nashville. And again, 43, so this is 19 years ago, like 16. And just taking ideas from there. But not giving credit like we would give to New York bartenders or Chicago yeah, bartenders exactly. and putting them on the menu. Well, let's and, start yeah. there. So yeah. how did you get into this business? Because <laughs> it's been a wild ride and you've done a lot of things. You know everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know how this is the first time that we're sitting down at a Me table neither. with microphones. because Probably because they just moved home. <laughs> uh, that, that, yeah, yeah, it probably is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I never get to travel. Exactly. So, But where did you start? I mean, were you behind the bar? Or you started washing dishes like the rest of us are 16? Oh, I will say that Like, I think where it started was my dad was like you want that CD get a job uh, and that was what I really loved about him he was always a person of spirits so it would always be this is how you sit on a porch and taste whiskey and he was a rum drinker wow so oh, especially in <laughs> yes and his cigars so it was your about your dad's Venezuelan no 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 he was Sicilian uh, okay but that was one of his favorite rums awesome I'll dip d- uh Diplomo? I said Diplomo. <laughs> Diplomatic. Banana Craft Expo, everyone. I've talked too much today and had now a couple drinks. Don't worry. No one else can pronounce exactly. it after Mandy pours it down your throat either. <laughs> so I fell in love of how you respect spirits, but how they're so uncultured in culture. Um, and then, so it was a shaved ice hut. So I think that was when my blending started. And then I worked at a deli where I made sandwiches and how to shave my own meat and do all that I stuff. did that too. Yes. When I was 17, and 18 it, years old. And I was, yeah, like, just yeah. think about the equipment that we had to use back oh, then. Yeah. You wouldn't be even allowed yeah, to use that. No, no parent would even let their <laughs> not, kid do Not it. in these days, no. And now I'm like, bring it on. What are you talking about? I have about? so Don't many scars. <laughs> and, I, and I worked at a medical park. I, I worked at a deli that catered to, like, doctors and pharmaceutical Ours was reps. a golf. And yeah. yeah, there was just like so many opportunities where I could have just like, hey, I really need to go jump over there and get yeah, some stitches. Yeah, and I did understand like the blade. You're just like, oh, they want it thin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's like Seinfeld is yeah. like, you can't even see through it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, then after college, uh, grad school. So writing is my uh, one of my top loves. So I went to playwriting. Really? That's uh, awesome. I did. And I wanted to do other things. So I started working in a bar. Um, again, with the love of spirits and being born in Louisville, Kentucky, you're surrounded by them. And then um, when I moved down to L.A., there was I was doing writing and um, doing like, a lot of acting and uh, 
there was this craft scene going on, and I remember stealing a book, and I was in the downtown scene where it was all happening, right? About when was this? God, this is seven, 16 years ago, so what I was so we graduated. Yeah. Well, that would have been about the right time when the yeah, craft spirits thing was grabbing so 2002? Hold. Yeah, yeah. 2002. So this is when we just had varnish was not opened yet. It was just seven grand. So it was before varnish, seven grand. Um, and I forget the other barn. I stole... I don't know how I did it, <laughs> but I stole their barn manual because I was like, what's going on? I want to do like these Like the legit training manual. That was a training manual. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I got my hands on seven grand one somehow, but started learning from those, but also bought all my own books and just kept reading, reading, reading. Mm -hmm. Again, this is when you're talking about Don the Beachcomber. One of my favorite history loves is all of his old books, right? Yeah. So I just started, and then being a playwright in history is so much part of my life. I fell in love with it and stood um, to the writing and acting, but... Then I took over Kohl's. Uh, so we have First and Hope with a great group of people that took over so much. Love mm -hmm. you guys. You know who you are. And uh, then I took over Kohl's in front of Varnish uh, about two years into when Varnish opened and they reintroduced Kohl's to the world. And then I was there four years and we had great craft bartenders and it was just so successful. Really special time to be around there too. It was you amazing know. time. I was just talking about that with um, with Beach Bumberry um, yeah. or yesterday morning, and and sorry to disappoint listeners that expected those photos to turn into a second interview. It's going to be a little while before Jeff and I can do that again. But we <laughs> talked about how you know that was just it was such a special time to be there because yeah. it was this transitory period between like kind of the shitty the shittiness of the seventies, eighties, yeah. and nineties, and it was falling away. Yeah. But like some old timers were still around that remembered the old school stuff, and then you had all these like young bloods coming right. through. And you kind of like, and I feel like yeah, we were the young bloods, but we got to meet them. But it was. But we were also at a time where it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to go get trashed and go like dance on tables. It was like drinking with them to like two in the morning, picking their brains mm -hmm. and sitting down. Uh, remember, <laughs> this isn't my favorite, Jared <laughs> Anastasia. Uh, the first time we were at a big dinner, and this is, uh, I think it was after when Simon Ford, when he was still with um, Pinot Ricard, mm -hmm. they just did that big, like uh, absolute kind of big dinner and education. And I remember being like, mint juleps are made this way, right? Because I was in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. And then Anastasia looking at me so peacefully and being like, well, you can do this and this. And I was like, okay. Because <laughs> I was so mad about it. <laughs> but just being able, their patience taught me patience uh, later. But um, I, I just, God, I meant research and learning all that stuff. I don't feel like we give, being in a brand now, I feel like somehow I mean, I know they took a lot of money out of it, but I feel like um, we don't give them these mm. these vast opportunities as much anymore, which I'm hoping we do more of. Yeah, and we Not talked about it a lot before we turned the mics on yeah. today because yeah, we it's the education aspect is is lost on a lot. Like, there's so many like good ones out there, so many great people out there, but yeah. it gets diluted down by a lot of people. They're just like. Uh, I'm tired of being behind the bar. What brand's hiring? Like, oh, right. I'll, I'll go sell, you know, kiwi flavored vodka. Right. You know, I, or, I know, and and they're and they're just doing it, right? And I, I kind of and feel the bad age, right? When you see the age coming down, right? Like, I, I have a 23 year old ambassador. I'm like, you can only you've only been able to drink for two years. How much could you have possibly tasted? No, I mentor a couple of people who are in their late 20s now, and um, I know it's a struggle because some of them don't think about. I think a big thing that I would tell people is that I think people just don't think about is that when you transition over, it's 80% of your job when you're a bartender, which I miss. Like, that's the kind of person I am. I like being on the floor and being with people. 
Like that's where I excel. So it was hard and I hate it being almost taking that 80 or 60 hours. Yeah. And now it's behind a computer. Yeah. Like sometimes you talk it about. It sucks a lot out of you. People that are outside of this business that work yeah. in office jobs, I don't know how they do it. We talk about no. it every day because there's days where I have to spend 10 hours, you know, doing P&Ls or where yeah. we do our, all of our own graphic design yeah. work. And, um, and after like five hours of that, I'm just like, I can't, I got to go home. I'm so exhausted. Or you, yeah. Or you know that you cannot be around people. You don't get the adrenaline rush. I think no. that's what it is, right? You don't talk to anybody and you don't get the adrenaline rush of, of taking care of people. I think I think that uh, that's probably like it or creating. Yeah, because I think the big there's one. something about like you know that you do the work because you're going to create an education or event that is going to create that experience for someone, or like what you're saying, creating like you mm-hmm. know a mug or something like that. It does take all that time, but you know it's going to create that. It's funny because I just did this um, this seminar over the weekend, um, and it was um, well, it was for Tiki, but it was Tiki Home Bartending 201. Yeah, and it was pretty much just a roundtable. And some of the questions that were getting asked were just fascinating because I mean, we get so kind of tunnel vision of like what the job is behind a bar, yeah. Or we take it for granted that you know that we all sit down and we taste seven rums before we decide which one goes into the drink, or right. you know those sorts of things. And it was, I, I guess, it's easy to forget where you came from, you know, and and that it we all forget knew how nothing. much you know, yeah. Right? And, and you had to kind of reset, go back, and. So I think I'm gonna actually try to tool something together to like, yeah. so I can be prepared next time I get asked I questions was, I can't answer. <laughs> well, you know, and I love those questions because like sometimes you're like, wow, I've known so much about this, I forgot to ask about that one herb, mm-hmm. right? Right. Or that one thing and be like, I'm gonna get back to you on that. And we've never even just asked Italy about it, right? Or just never, because you're in these other discussions. Because, mm. And then some people think like, you should know everything. And the first thing I say is, I don't know everything. Neither should you. But And you can't catch up. There's so much going on. <laughs> Never. No. So we should at some point address your job now. We so you did make a jump. Ju- you made a jump though. So you you did leave behind the bar and, and now you're out all, all over the place. But you did that while you were still out west. So you made the jump to, to Bronca, what was it, Bronca I, USA well, at the time? Or? No, no, no. So we were with Infinium Spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infinium Spirits was an importer. But I actually moved back with Crazy enough, Bulls Yenever for the South. Oh yeah, and then That's transitioned. Cool. Yeah, and then transitioned into um, into Bronca USA, but which it was Infinium for the last two years, and we just transitioned over to Bronca USA, which means we're our own importer, mm. and we work just we have America and Italy, so there's no in between anymore. That's awesome. Which is actually been really good. I mean, Infinium great importer, but I think that when you have a family like the Broncos, they it's just a chance to bring in what you can have your whole portfolio. With, right. Uh, Carpino and Borghetti and all of those. Well, and that was one of the reasons I was thinking about it, you know, as, as I was coming to meet you over here today is because it's so like, I, I would, I would just have to guess that most people um, pulling this episode up to listen to, whether it's in the past or after in the past, <laughs> we're going, we're, we've got a time machine. If you guys are in a time machine going backwards, but I mean, if, if this is, you know, you're going back and listening to the archives yeah. or even listening to it as it comes up, yeah. the bartenders across the country can be like, oh yeah, I know Brent. Like, yeah, I mean, I know who she is or of her you know, yeah. at, at minimum. And it's, I think outside the business, people... A lot of people, and that's where I'm like, you know, your eyes kind of open up of like the things that we just are taken for granted, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody, everybody knows what Fernet is. Like it's, 
Yeah, and also like everyone was like, we know what Fernet is, and then I find a lot of people just really don't know what Fernet is. <laughs> but right, you, yeah, it all right, yeah, right, exactly. Because you know, when Fernet's out, it's one of those things I find with Fernet Branca. It's either that you know you're all in and it's your favorite thing, which is fine. Which I mean, for me it was, you know, but I generally loved it. It was a thing I hated, but I didn't understand it, so I started working with it as a bartender mm -hmm. and became my jam because I felt like I broke the code, right? Right. Uh, and then there's people that think it's oh, a big company and everyone's on the Fernet train, so I'm going to be over here. I get that too. And then there's generally people who just like it's not their jam. I get that too. And it's not a giant company, right? I mean, you've got it's family the, the books that like so even people, even Bronca USA, you've right. got what like six Yeah. So when you're talking about like Italy corporations and I won't use other ones, but there's Oh, you can you can rip on whoever you want. It just depends <laughs> on how my, how long you want to stay employed. <laughs> true, right. True. I couldn't care less. I don't know about your bosses. It's, um I just consider it's more <laughs> it's it's a family company. So, yes, does the company make money, have a lot of money, but um it's not it's not like a corporation. So people right. have to think about a family company versus a corporation. And I think this is why we do things well, but we do them very focused and very like detailed. It's not like, hey, Spad, we're going to make everyone leather jackets. We're going to make you a motorcycle. We're going to make this. This is... I think that's no. the interesting path, right? Then and, and just concentrating on Fernet Branca in general, right? Like we'll start there because that's I think what most people are going to immediately recognize. They're, they know the logo. You can imagine it in your head. Yeah. And it's become all of these things. It's 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 behind every bar. You go to a dive bar, it's there. You go to you know a fancy bar, it's there. Yeah. Everybody's got it. But that's relatively recent. And the company. If you look at the history of the company, it's extremely recent, right? Because this company dates back to, what, 1840? We're going on 175 years. Okay. It's our 175th okay. anniversary. Okay. So I was close. Yeah. 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 And, and that's a lot of damned history. Mm -hmm. Not only that, and so um, one of the, the little tidbits I think is fascinating is that it was it's never not been available in the U.S., including Prohibition. Mm -hmm. like, Those are my favorite <laughs> bottles to look at. So. Oh. You, you, what? They have, back them up. At the <laughs> they have them at the factory. Okay, all right. Sorry. I was like, what? what Sorry, you we had? don't have those here anymore. Well, that's why I said look at. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. If I could taste one, it would be hidden in my house. Uh, no, but, and that's kind of what we started doing too, is like for nuts, um, in our dinners and stuff, tasting what the difference of 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s is. So you can kind of see the transition of how those herbs like change and what happens in that bottle. There's not that much a difference. But the prohibition, so I say it's Angostura. It was in the food section. Right. Um, right. They actually have elixir. wrappings like <laughs> Undenberg has like that. Like, yeah. um, and Angostura still has that paper wrapping. Hmm. I think that's so cool because it's that paper wrapping really talks to American prohibition. Mm, yeah. And so the whole time it was being served as as medicinal elixir. Of course. Um, we cured cholera, which, don't you know? <laughs> right. Side note. And. That yeah. is not proven by National Geographic. <laughs> and right, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, we are not making any medical claims no. here. She's not. I no. am not. Please we want to keep your the doctor. show. Yes, please. Um, but that's really fascinating because be able, to be able to have that continuous uh, um, presence in the American market. But you just brought up, you know, the kind of tasting them side by side by side by side. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, I have tried some some older bottlings. Um, Gosh, I, I don't remember where I was. I'm maybe guessing I was at the office. Um, yeah. Maybe. I, I, I don't remember. I would say because they do. That would be likely. I mean, right. <laughs> I, I don't think... know too many people have bottles going back to the 70s. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> Only the collectors. Right. In Italy. Um, but 
So has the formulation of Fernet changed over the last 175 years? They Fernet still always... I, I keep saying, see, that's the, I, I'm perpetuating the problem itself. <laughs> I just am saying Fernet instead of Fernet Branca. I mean, the, you know, okay. there, there are other products. I remember the And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We will, because I think that, and I'll just hit it now. Um, what is important about that is there's Fernets out there, right? So the dash is important. So Fernet, your category, dash is always important on the Fernet bottle. The ones that don't use it should do better. And then uh, Branca. <laughs> Is always like the Bronca's a family, uh-huh. so it always shows what's family. So I feel like um, that dash people will leave it out a lot, and I think that's important too, so we don't get caught in Fernet world, uh-huh. right. right? Well, I guess you're on the lucky side of it though, because it's when people say Fernet, that's who what you know, you're immediately thinking we, of we that coined one, coined it, right? and yeah. then we definitely coined it and made that. But um, I, what I also love about the company is they don't mind sharing it. I think I've been with some other companies that, like, that's very, like, that's what you talk we about in meetings. This. Yeah. We don't talk about that in meetings. <laughs> so as has that formulation changed at all over the years? I mean, there's, I know that so, we've talked with uh, several other producers mm-hmm. of yeah. not, you know, Fernet, but, you know, there's always kind of herbal changes in addition to there's, uh, you know, year so to year. same recipe, um, same way of making it, that what's changed in the difference is the way this stilled. Okay. Right, the pots, um, the herbs and botanicals have always been the same, but they've gotten better. So let's start there. So how how is it distilled? How, how I can that, tell can you. you, go, you can, I can oh, tell right, you I'm what getting, I know. Right. And this is like when they say family secret, I'm going to tell you this is how much a family secret. So where all of the botanicals and herbs are delivered, mm-hmm. there's actually... I think it's three. Eldora don't get mad at me if they're four. Uh, <laughs> different sections where they're delivered that... They even put different botanicals that aren't necessarily really in it. There. There's decoys. Decoys. That's amazing. I love that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, that speaks to like my, my complete love of Don yeah. Beach, you right. know, encoding his drinks, yeah. Don's mix number two. Right. So, like, we'll do like the different infusions. So, we do a hot and a cold infusion. Uh, so, like, and I always explain this to bartenders. I think most of you guys know this, but I think the easy way hot infusion, cold infusion, um, you think about. Like, I always talk about your moline spices mm-hmm. as your hot. Sure. And then your botanicals as your cold. Right? So we do each of those separate. And then those cold are put together. And then each of the hot. So each of the herbs are distilled. Interesting. Dip- so yeah. you could make adjustments as needed if you got, like, maybe more or so less extraction. you can do extraction. a big batch and balance with right. that flavor. And that is. So, so it's being blended just like uh, tons of spirits. I mean, so but you're blending right. in the botanicals into, this, into the main spirit. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll do the hot and cold. And then those come together. Um, and then you have with the aloe feratox, which goes in the hot. And that's the one that makes it takes, uh, it will go in for then uh, to our Sl- Slavian oak barrels, which when I'm saying that is these are huge. They're as tall as a building. Uh, so don't think of something that's adding oak flavor to it. And it will sit in there and they merge together and it takes about a year and two months uh, to make fernet. And that has to do with aloe feratox because we... People think it's just like the aloe and the goo, mm-hmm. but what they actually do is um, get all the juice, and then that juice gets dried, and it's almost like it looks like dark crystals. Really? And then those dark crystals go in, so then it opens it back up again, right? Interesting. And then that has to sit with Fernet in these barrels, and when they say it's seasoned, it's at its point, is when they pull it, but we can approximate like it's about that year. And then uh, that is kind of, to me, the Alifertox is a binder. It's your biggest digestive, too. And then those, after it's ready, it goes into steel tanks and sits. 
Right. I guess we, for our listeners, um, and hopefully, I would yeah. think that everybody's tried this at some point, but I guess that, that would be a, a, no. an important note is, you know, what category of spirit we're talking about and what a lot of the, uh, what all these additions are for, like you just said, yeah. as a digestive. Yes. Um, and, we are and, an Amaro. Right. And it, so the way I explain Amaro's is I say it's a rainbow. So, <laughs> okay, you clarify it's so a rainbow. Amaro, Amaro means bitter. So all Amaro's are bitter. But um, and as Italians would tell you, Amaro's are only from Italy. <laughs> that's it. that's the Italian method. But um, I say it's a rainbow, so I look at it as the spectrum, like of light to dark, and I put brunette more on the dark spectrum. So okay, right, less okay, sugar, there we go. darker, and bitter. <laughs> Got you. And then like I will use uh, Montenegro as another one. Like to me, that's like in that middle, going towards that light. Right, it's a little bit more floral, a little bit more sugar. Mm-hmm. It's like that kind of essence. So I feel like Amaro's hit that whole category. Okay, now the rainbow makes sense. Now the rainbow makes sense. Cool. So there, at the current formulation, and I, I think it's unchanged for for pretty much ever, right? Like From all tw- them. Twenty-seven yeah. is it the number I always hear? Twenty-seven herbs. It's twenty-seven yes, herbs, yeah. And, yeah. and that is and, correct. And, There's no alteration on that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But the big, real cool one for culinary geeks and for me is that you guys go through a fucking ton of saffron. Which is insane. 70% of the world's saffron. But that's also... That's 70%? 70%. You're taking my, all, you're driving the prices up. 100%. You're like De Beers and Diamonds, you know? <laughs> We've been doing that for 175 years. That is... But we also, people forget we use it for vermouth, too. It's not just for vermouth. For what? For the vermouth, carbonyl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't hear what you said. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. Like, that's I like think one I of my turned. favorite... Yeah, so we um, we use it yeah. for the vermouth too. So it's not just for. Oh yeah, it's just it's you know, still seventy five percent of the world's saffron. That's insane. You've got to be driving the price up. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna let. Yeah. But very cool. Yeah. So I mean, how? But we on, get ours from Iran too. That was my question. I was like, how in the hell do you do you source that much? They've had well. I use this too, and I think the best way is when I even worked with Bull Jennifer. You talk about like the trade, right? The spice trades, and or actually, because being in Kentucky, I use it more about when bourbon talks about their fields of wheat they get it from, and they've right. been working for the farmers for mm-hmm. this many years. We've been working with the same farmers for this many years, so it's a 175 year old deal. It's not something that we've had to change. Right, 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 right. Um, and we do with our saffron. We get. Um, I almost said pupils, but uh, oh my gosh, the top of the flower, it's a poop, P-U-P. Pistols. Pistol. Oh. Is, is it the yeah, pistol? The but pistol? I thought they were the P-U. Oh, I don't whatever. know. Yeah. We don't know what we're talking. We're not botanists we're not, here. Again, second drink, sorry. We'll talk about botanicals, not yes. <laughs> botany. So they actually handpick each of those. So oh, we well, right. oh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. For, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so... This is fascinating to me because I've heard this story numerous times. Not with Fernet Branca, but with like uh, different gin companies. So the the older the companies, you know, um, have these suppliers that they've got contracts written for hundreds of years. Um, I mean, we went through this uh, with with, uh, Lee Fisher at at Heyman's. You know, Mm -hmm. where they like this is how we've done it for a hundred years. This is the same people we buy it from, you know, and and it's just over and over and over. It but helps also not change the recipe. Like I said, you're like, does it change? And I was like, well, yeah, because the world's changing. Right, like, and, exactly. And, you know, how we grow it, but it, it's the same people and same that. So that's the consistency that I can definitely say we have. And this is where my obsession with, um, and I, when I say obsession, I'm... It, I'm not on like Southern Teague level like that. That's <laughs> beyond obsession, you know. But that's why I, I love going there. I think he's further than I am, and I'm pretty like obsessed. But it's but it's like it's the spice thing. And I mentioned yeah. this on one of our very very early episodes. We had uh, Lior Lev Sarkar's, um 
from La Boite in, in wow. New York, and we had him on the show talking about spices. Yeah. And it just, I mean, it blew my mind because I, I like I don't think it made me feel like I have never actually tried salt before. You know, I mean, yeah. like you're, when you think about it in such a deep way, and like when I hear anybody talk about Amari. Uh-huh. This is exactly what I think. I'm like, I don't, I don't know anything, you know, because uh, Jake Paris has been on the show a few yeah. times before, and we've talked about aromatized wines and Amari, yeah. and it's it's a very confusing category, right? And it's so scary. I feel like yeah. that maybe that Fernet is is one of those categories that people don't realize they're having an Amaro, right? Uh, when the young bartender, mm-hmm. they don't realize what it is, and they're shooting it op- mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes, right? It's like the bartender's handshake so if, if you're out of the industry that's you know what you're missing <laughs> you're missing lots of shots of Fernet but that, that's it's a fun gateway right because it's not sweet um, it, it is bitter yeah. it is herbal it is botanical um, like I don't remember when that happened I remember it happening yeah. I don't remember when the, all of a sudden that was the shot you know, I mean, 15. and I think of me being on the West Coast too. Like I said, I just remember someone being like, "Are oh, you going to have this?" And I'm like, mm, "I'm going to try it first. And then I was like, mm, <laughs> "I'm not sure if I like it." And I was like, "But I'm going to spend the next month working with it and studying it." And then I fell in love with it. I fucking hated it. I'll tell you the truth. And, and, that, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and the, this is what people. But it don't took realize. a little while for me to, to. I mean, there's a lot of things that I like didn't love before that are my favorite things in the world now and and you know it takes understanding it like you said earlier yeah like once i understood what was going on i was like oh my god like i mean you know but i was a 90s at least you can respect it like you don't and that's what i tell all bartenders my job is not to tell you what to like my job is to be like you like it you have a voice and let's do something with it right um, and I think that that's where marketing and complacency get involved. We had that side conversation before we started this, kind of in that same way. Um, and I'm just okay when people say they don't like it. I'm, I'm like, cool. Do you want to shot of our candy? Or we can just, let's do some, like, rum and vermouth. Like, who cares? Like, or let's just sit and have water. <laughs> like, right. It's, it's okay not to like things. And I think we don't say that enough. So I, how... That has had to have driven sales up through the roof, but I mean, do you have any idea how that became the thing? It's just this the bartender's vi- the, handshake. Yeah, just the I virality have, of it. Well, I think I mean, so I've heard like three to four different stories, and no one can kind of say. Um, I think a lot of it had to do between San Francisco, and I'm going to give Vegas for the coins. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right. I, I was going to ask about the coins, yeah. but yeah, and, and I know that San Francisco consumes quite a lot of Fernet they as do, well. They do, but that came from chefs and to bartenders. And I think at the end of the night, why they call it the handshake was like, kind of we got through this. It's also not as much sugar. It kind of keeps you on this nice kind of drunk instead of high and low. So it was like their shake of the night, like this is ours and not theirs. Right. Yeah, and, and then that definitely the makes coin it came from the military, club. which brought in that handshake a little bit more. No, the coin thing's really cool. So explain that because I, I, I haven't. Um, I've seen is, a lot of like attempts at replicating that, and as with anything that sticks, you know, the virality of anything, you can't you can't make a meme, right? It's just gonna come. Well, and I also think that <laughs> what people don't realize about Fernet Branca when they see coins or the shirts, all of or a quote marketing or whatever has come from bartenders and industry. It didn't come from, we sat down in a little lab and said, we're going to create coins and make this really cool. And I think that's what other people didn't realize 
because this came from bartenders. So that people was, chase this stuff. I mean, not just the coins, but like all of your guys' kind of merch. They only make so many. You yeah. see, you know, a Fernet hat, and like, oh my god, where the hell did you get that? Right. You know, and and it is it, it it's that kind of demand because it wasn't created as just some mm-hmm. sort of swag bag of like, oh hey, thanks for coming to our tasting. Yeah. Here's 15 things with our logo on it. Right. And we don't have a website saying, oh, if you want our stuff, go buy it online. <laughs> right. I and know. we don't make that much of it. It's not like I have like two warehouses full of like everybody's size sweatshirts. It's but just, the it's coins in particular. That is, um, that goes to, to Las Vegas bartenders. Uh, so it was the Vegas bartenders that did that? USBG, yeah. Okay. And they uh, went to Italy and asked if they could create a coin. And that coin, um, because they came from military. And I, I forget if one was actually in military. I'm positive, but I know that they knew about the military coin right, from somehow sure. in their history. Uh, of where that came from, the Air Force. Like when they were put down in World War One, they had the coins so they could take off their tags so they could put it on a bar and they would know if someone else was around that they could get out. Right. And so the military coin is their own kind of bartender's handshake. That's interesting. Yeah, I've heard so many versions so of the military the coin. coin on the- so, but, so how does this play out with, with the Fernet coin? Because it's a little bit different than being in the military when you're just a bartender. So what they wanted was- Our trenches it, are quite right. different. <laughs> they're stickier. They're fuller of sim- simple syrup. <laughs> so they, of course, is Vegas, right? And Vegas was like, well, it's a bartender's handshake. Can we have a coin? And what we're going to do is like- That's funny that you, you know, I didn't just, it just occur to me. I think the first coin I ever saw- was from Roger Gross. Mm-hmm. Hello, yeah. Roger. <laughs> Roger uh, worked with us a little for a little while. Yeah, when he first left Vegas, he came to Indy, and I knew him from uh, from his bar in Cosmo, and uh, he was with uh, with us at Thunderbird. That's for, right. For he a was bit. here right before I moved back. Like before I moved back, before he was up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. now he's like okay, I don't know farming I have lobsters the best or something. Of <laughs> Roger wearing my little bull's green scarf. <laughs> it was in Boston. When yeah, we he happened there. to be. Um, gosh, now we're getting off track, but this is what happens Sorry, when yeah. friends come on the show. Yeah. You know. You can always tell when I have non-friends and when I have friends come. But <laughs> first time I met him, I sat down at one of his bars. And this was back in the era when you had to be an asshole to people. Like, you had to be to right. get them to drink a good drink. Right. Like, you remember that era when we were like, where everybody was just like, they had to, you forced you to drink something good. And mm-hmm. I was after something good. And I think I was just being the recipient of the previous order. And so I sat down. That's really And funny. it wasn't that busy because he was his bars in the front of Cosmo. And right, right, right. they had just opened. And I think he was expecting me to order some, like, whatever, a hurricane mm-hmm. or something. And uh, a buddy of mine who's now currently the F&B manager of, um, of SLS in Vegas. Um, okay. At that time, he yeah, was yeah. not even anywhere close to that position. I think he was a busser for Jose Andres. Um, and Got these stories. I had ordered a drink. And, well, I, actually, I went up and, and, and Roger, it was, it went, both the Rogers were at that front bar. And... Um, I asked for a drink. He's like, yeah, what can I get for you? I'm like, you know, I don't know. I got a little bit of a cold. I guess I'll just have whatever he's having. And he just goes, <sighs> I was like, okay, there's the hospitality just went out the window, you know? And he's like, no, man, it's fine. It's just a bullshit drink, and it's a lot of work. It's just not even that good. And I'm like, Roger. okay, Mr. Fancy mm. Pants. But, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like yeah. it was that kind of era where, like, you just really kind of like, well, Vegas is a different beast anyway. But I've seen him take so much shit at that bar before. Trust I'm like, me, yeah. I don't know how you'd haven't murdered somebody, you know? Yeah. Because he was right by where people would check in, you know? So they would sit there waiting for their, like, taxi. And, and they would bags. either be in a good mood, and bad mood. so or I was too. like, just well, then just make me whatever you want. I was like, I'm, I have a cold. And uh, I don't know. Mezcal sounds good. And he was like, all right. And he put up one of the best drinks I had had in years in front of me. And I was like, 
I'm Ed. What's your name, brother? Yeah. You know? He's like, Roger. And I've known him since then. That's probably been 12 years ago, I yeah. think, 13 years ago. So, yeah, oh, kind I of like, that. kind of at the beginning tip of the craft thing in, yeah. in Vegas. I mean, I wouldn't say it was the beginning because obviously Wondrich had a lot going on. San Francisco already had a, a thriving scene. New York was thriving. But, you know, Vegas was pretty slow to adopt anything what? that wasn't a uh, rum and coke that cost a dollar. So, well, of course, because I meant Vegas is a. I mean, it's what is money gamble. This is why Nuck is doing right. like, amazing. Um, and I think that, you know, but it's also like I would say like about Kentucky. It's like to have a bar that's not a bourbon bar in Kentucky is pretty like racy, right? Yeah, right. So it's it's kind of like, and I feel like we have pockets of all of those kind of mentalities. Well, so that goes back to that coin, right? So like, even yeah. though Vegas, we everybody thinks of the booze coin was a in Vegas, but they're it, the, uh, not in the craft scene. Yeah. There's, there's not, it's still kind of like... A, a, a hard yeah. press. You're hard pressed. I mean, everybody's going to go to like Velveteen Rabbit, Herbs and Rye. Like you might go to like Irgun Libertine Social or whatever. But like, yeah. it's still like you can count on two hands the best fucking places to drink. In Agree, the whole city. and that's going to take a while too. But what gives them? And I don't ever see that becoming like. I mean, first of all, the hotels are going to buy out and do. It. They're right, going to put gold exactly. on anything you want. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be. Would like, you like that with edible gold truffles and foie gras? Sir? Yeah. So if the same bars like knocking them are making like the best ice and stuff, let them have like two things and. Let them win, yeah, win. Yeah. You know, like make the gold flakes for them. Who cares? Like yeah. <laughs> let them be Vegas because sometimes you went Vegas. But I think like you're only again as Vegas to Palm Springs to LA comes together mm. is where you're kind of kind of see that. I think it's gonna be a travel road pocket rather than the expectations of it being like a hundred to hundred bars. You know, it's. Okay, so this was going to start off as being an episode about Fernet Branca, but now it's just going to be about well, like, this our is opinions more. This is on the more. business because this is more. so just having. Um, but been I feel like this is kind of Fernet Branca at a Branca. TV conference or TV Tiki conference um, over the weekend. Um, I was thinking about that exact thing that like travel's happening again, right? Like people are popping in on to, and driving, and, and, right? Driving. They're using the highways like they, they were in the '60s, and they're doing like these little mini road trips, mm -hmm. right? Like I want to hit every tiki bar in the Midwest, yes. Or I want to hit like, well, I'm going to be in LA. Why don't I just pop over to Vegas as well and Palm Springs? Like you're exactly right. Like yeah. it's kind of like coming back that whole mid-century ideal of we like have Polaroid cameras again. Okay, come on. Yes, that's true. Right? Yeah, everything wants to. Everybody wants to Instagram again. And yeah, the Polaroids are 100% back. And so like that that really created this this familial um, atmosphere around the brand. You know, um, obviously it, it is a family, but I mean like the bartender family end of it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's coins, there's and I think, merchandise. And, and, there's, which, uh, and what you asked about the coins too, and I think it was, so my city did this. San Francisco, you do yours. Right. When we see each other at something like Tales or like even a Tiki conference, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of like you're to be like, and yeah. then you have, and then collectors got involved. Like any I was going to say, thing, but then you have people trading, right? And you know, trade. Be, so one of the things is we do have, and anybody's welcome to um, get on this. Uh, the only rule is you have to answer the questions, but it's a Fernet Branca coin exchange. And the first rule of thumb is you can't sell coins. Yeah. So, but we opened it up because I had um, Sam Green in LA, who's a big collector and just in love. Like, first of all, you're in love with life, and I love you for it. You push me further sometimes. Uh, but it was one of these people who asked if we would do this, and I said, "Well, that's fine. Don't sell coins, and I can introduce people from different markets altogether, but also introduce you to Europe." 
so they'll have these like little fun things. So they don't have to follow our European brand ambassadors or they don't have to follow me in Kentucky. But on that, they can kind of see the things that are going on that can either inspire them or they can get a London coin by trading a you know, one from LA, which right. I think is kind of cool. It's fascinating. And it's, you know, it's again, bigger than us. So I told you, you know, prior to sitting down that, you know, Chris and I were corporate restaurants and he worked for the hard rock cafe, um, like two days a week when we first met each other. Hard rock. And, um, Friday's girl. And it was a big thing of like the trading because he was always talking about the merch. So like, yeah. you see, we have a big merch cabinet. And I mean, we're a tiki pins. bar because yeah. that, that goes to the Mai Kai, why we have a merch cab, but okay. you know, but our, like the, the the program is designed around his experience with the hard rock. Like, I mean, people want to have those things. And yeah, yeah, everybody would trade the pens and trade the shirts and all that. And so it is fun and it creates even bigger family. What I'm still blown away by is that all of this is happening around in tomorrow. You know, like, I, and it, I, it's just like it's yeah. tr- it's the gold. I mean, it was just like you couldn't make that lightning strike twice. No. And again, I think this is what it shows you. The power of your voice as a bartender that can do something this is kind of what I think I my, mostly fell in love with working for the family and for Nat Branca was, like, this is your voice. And that's kind of cool because you don't get that on everything, right? So how does it filter up? Uh, you know, so you, you said that, that, that all of these things have kind of happened organically through the bartenders, the coins, mm-hmm. the merchandise, the shirts, the hats. Oh, God, I, I know people that would kill for some of those the hats. The sweatshirt, yeah. Right. And, oh, my, yeah. The sweatshirt. sweatshirt. I only have ever seen one. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've been in the business for, like, most of my life. I've only seen one. But how does that filter up and like how far up does it have to go before the decision is made that we are going to make this thing? Does it go back to Italy? Does it like It does you know? go back to Italy. Okay. Um, even that we're with like I said, Bronca USA now. Uh, anything from even an art design, like let's say you wanted to do a mural on a building, uh, all of the art is still owned by them. Right. So it is definitely right. yes, why do they want it? And it's not even about like the money. It really just comes down to Mm, what kind of place is this? What mm-hmm. kind of building? And they're they're very protective of making it right because of it is such a history. They don't want to just give that over. Uh, yes, the lettering is their own font, so that black and white. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, they don't want cheap things put out there. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it some, sounds like it's protect, protecting their 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 reputation more. They than want anything. it to feel like you're at their house in a sense. Like we gave you a thank you. We didn't just give you a gift. So where in Italy are we talking about? Like we, we, we forgot about that. Oh, wow. I know. That's tough right now. Yes. So are you allowed to They're, travel back at the moment? No, they actually, right now, I don't know if some people know this. I'm going to say that yet. Uh, right now, I'm not going to, we decided as a company pretty much none of us will be traveling out of here for probably like three months yeah. near Italy. Yeah, the coronavirus uh, has a lot of people's travel slowed down a lot. In fact, I saw, uh, I think it was... Um, yeah, I'm just canceling two De- trips right um, now. Death Angel um, recently, I think, yeah. had some books, date or uh, some dates booked in, in Milan, then they had to cancel the show for that. And, oh, all Milan shut down. Yeah. Uh, now, our factory has not been infected yet. So the way that it's working, if people really want to know, is that... Well, it is, um, you know, non-officially medicinal, so, hey, we can't say... That's what I said. We can't say it kills coronavirus. We can't say it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) It would dehydrate the hell out of you. How about that? Yeah, that that would be terrible. Yeah. So so nobody in the company at this point... No, because it's right north of Milan. They use Milan as an example. So you have Milan, then Switzerland, right? Right. So really what it is is in that region of Switzerland, and there's five regions above Milan. 
uh, that that's where it is right now that are quarantined. Milan technically isn't, but it's still all the people who would travel in there. Right, yeah, exactly. In that area, I mean, it's not like, you know, New York City there. I mean, it's spread out a little bit. Well, and we're lucky and thankful for, I call it my spirit gods, is that uh, thankful enough that no one in the factory... And again, when I say like it's family owned, seven generations of family have worked for the family. Mm. So no one's got it yet. But if anyone does get tested for it, the whole factory has to get shut down. Wow, that's so scary. that's the rule of thumb right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Which is. I, there's so much travel being canceled. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at having to cancel a trip myself right yeah. now. And like, as time moves on, I don't know. You know, we've got Tiki Oasis coming up in April. I mean, who knows what's going to happen because it's already I think already so. You just got to do it day by day. Yeah. Like, I, I'm pretty much sure I hope that the airlines are okay with that because they're certainly fighting us right <laughs> That's now. That's what you were saying with yours, a-hole. Right, yeah. You got to call me tomorrow and find out what happens I'll, with I'll yours. let you. I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> if they don't give me a credit, I'm, I'm going to tell them to go. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that usually doesn't get me anywhere, but... <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to pour on I all my I am lucky sweetness. enough that our company did say it doesn't matter if we get credit back or not. So you guys do other things as well, um, mm-hmm. as far as sponsorships, things like that. And it's always fun also, because you don't do tons of it. It's Bronca. When people right. think about our portfolio, that's Carpino. Yeah, Cafe so Borghetti. I want to get to that too. Yeah. So because I um, very often my nightcap is a vermouth. Yeah. I, I love nothing actually, and you have mine. So uh, every night... I, if I want to, if it's been a rough, rough night, I might have a cocktail of Mai Tai or, uh, or a tea punch if it's been an yeah. especially hard night. But, um, <laughs> but if I'm just going home and, you know, I don't want to have to wake, you know, uh, or I need to get some shit done for the evening when, once I get home, I usually get Punta Bess. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's my favorite because I, it's just, it's got that, it's got the sexiness of the quinine, but it's like really caramelly as well. And, well, it's, and this is kind of rich. a cool thing for you. So, what we're really pushing now that we're bringing is that people understand that you have Antica, Classico, Bianco, and Dry, and then you have Punta Mas. And Punta Mas is our aperitivo because we don't distill Punta Mas, but that's why we brought in Classico so you could really taste the base of what mm. Punta Mas bitter is. And that's why it stabilizes. Punta Mas is one of my favorites. Yes. By the way, everyone, it means half a measure of bitter. <laughs> there we go. It's you know. it. We always keep bottles around at every one of our places. Um, and I feel like I find that it is a bartender's. It's my favorite champagne cocktail, too. Like, so, you don't need sugar. You don't need bitter. It's on my bottle. So, we going back to Fernet Branca, um, because we're all using Fernet. Or Fernet, Jesus. Uh, vermouth. And, we, yeah. and that's what's fun. I really love it. And, and I feel like Vermouth we've is done, we've really done hitting. several yeah. episodes on Vermouth, um, because House Hoppins has a lot of really cool things. You guys have put the which is one of my favorites. Um, and, and so, and it's just a really nice way to introduce people to kind of, you know, lower proof, not getting hammered, all that. But... One of the things that I found fascinating about um, Fernet Branca enjoy the porch. And, and Fernet Branca and, and Punta Mes as well is that like the, the, what how we're seeing it used in cocktails because these are ingredients that aren't called for in like classic cocktail manuals. We're not we're not going back to Jerry Thomas. And he's like, well, you need Fernet Branca. Um, <laughs> try to get yourself some, you know, uh, Punta Mes. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and oftentimes you just see like you know vermouth. Well, what, what the hell does that mean from 150 years ago? Right. You know, and now we have a thousand options, so it's almost like an info dump, and then. With Fernet Branca, again, it's, you know, everybody knows it from shots, um, yeah. but we don't see it in cocktails all the time, but there are some really, really cool cocktails being done out there. In mm-hmm. fact, um, my good friend Eli Sanchez recently uh, just joined the team at Mother of Pearl in New York. Um, he makes a badass Fernet Mai Tai. And 
it sounds like I don't think I want to drink that. Because um, I'm, I'm a Mai Tai purist. Like, I'm a total Mai Tai. Like, I'm 1944. If you screw that up. I'm yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I think you would have to be blind tasted and not called a Mai Tai for you to even try that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's but it's yeah. so delicious. Yeah. So, like, what's some of the cooler cocktails that you've seen, like, done with, with your drink? I mean, I know you travel a lot and you're drinking thousands of them. So, I think, I mean, I'm going to first put this. I think it's hard to do two ounces of Fernet as a cocktail. Yes. I'm going to be honest right, with that. Right. But when it's done and you're like, whoa. Uh, so, one I had is a margarita style. So it was two ounces of fernet. Uh, it had orange carousel. Uh, it had cinnamon, uh, cin- cinnamon simple syrup. Ooh, uh, you got me a cinnamon already. Uh, and it was the bark, so we're using yeah. Sasha bark, right? Uh, cinnamon syrup, and then it was lime, like an ounce of lime, shaken, strained. I was like, whoa, there's no. T- where, now, where did you have this? This is in Louisville. Oh wow! This is by Dante. Oh, all right. Dante, I'm going to make sure you hear this. And he called it the alligator. And it was one of those things that just surprised me. Because mm-hmm. I think that I get to be a purist sometimes with Fernet. I'm not thinking right, about it in two right. ounces. But I think like Bronca Mint to me is what should be in cocktails because it shakes so oh, well. Oh my God, I love the it has Bronca visca- Mint. Well, it has viscosity and that, yeah. and you're tiki too. So it just hits those things, right? Where... For net, I think it's it's harder for me to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my favorites. Uh, oh my god, the LBM did one with yogurt. Uh, they're in Cleveland. Go on, love those guys. Um, I love the fact that you've just named two Midwestern places where you had them because I. They I mean, surprised me the most. It's half the point of uh, of this podcast is to showcase <laughs> that like there's a lot of really cool things happening in the yeah. Midwest, and it's not only you know going on in I New York or San Francisco. I have not, even though apparently 35 percent of it's going on in San Francisco. <laughs> well, in my and again, I don't get a trial of their stuff all the sure, time. Sure, sure, sure. But what I will say is, and you guys can get mad at me later. Love you, Susie and Eric. Love you, Pete. Love you, Anita, in New York. Um, I don't ever find that there's, it's, it's that creative. It doesn't blow my mind. I think mm-hmm. it's great. I think it is sometimes taking a classic and slanting it. Right, yeah. Um, and I do love Fernet, like uh, in a pearl, pearl Diver. I love a Fernet flip. Not yeah, gonna lie. I love a f- any, right. I love an anything flip. I, you'd be hard pressed to find yeah. anything <laughs> that like, I would yeah. be like, that's in that back. Yeah, no. oh, Fernet <laughs> flip, a society lounge. Did a oh, Fernet wow, flip, really? Which was really great. That's probably what I'm going to have you be drinking later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was... And you're right. I think I've been more surprised there. Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't think we've ever talked about flips on the show, and I'll let you describe it to, yeah. to a- any of our listeners, um, which will be everyone will understand exactly why I love it. But, uh, oh. you know, because we, we do have some home bartenders, yeah. which, again, I realized that so much more than over the weekend when I got all these questions asked. I was like, <gasps> there was a lot of listeners, and I was like, oh, my God. How often do I talk over your head? That's, I'm like, I'm that's so really sorry. amazing too. You know? Yeah. So a flip is a category of cocktail, and think of it as an eggnog. And I think most listeners, if you think about an eggnog, but it's batched, like a punch is batched for a lot of people, like eggnog is. A flip is a single eggnog. Is the best way I can say it. It's a whole egg. Take the egg white out, and then um, simple syrup, spirit. Yeah. yeah, and cream. Yeah, right. You got it. Cream. And so the thing that always kills me, and you can do cream with like with flips and egg white drinks, is that I'm a total egg slut. I, I just it, I, I eat 
I average it out once I'm about six eggs a day between the amount of like egg salad, boiled eggs, fried I'm eggs, like all that. I'm I like, looked at my fridge the other day and I just had eggs. I was like, I can live up. So these. we literally, I'm not even kidding. I, we, um, I take whole flats home from the restaurant and leave my refrigerator. So I never have any less than 60 eggs sitting around in my house. <laughs> so like, cause I have to have them. But you know, and but but it makes the drinks go down so quickly that I get into a lot of trouble. You know, like you're like, oh wow, my God, that was a four ounce drink that I just drank like a shot. You know, and you like you said you like cinnamon too. So it's always cinnamon or nutmeg on top, right? Oh man, when you said eggnog, like, so I do uh, Jeffy Morgenthaler's eggnog recipe every Christmas, and I make it in Cambros for the whole family, and then. Inevitably, everybody has like like three. Do you ever and do the I'm bottle like for the year? And then I'm like just doing like you know, we aged a little eggnog here for Inferno Room last year. It was the yeah. first time we'd ever done it. How was um, it? It was amazing. It was delicious. I. It's really good. It, it's a it, and people really read how to do this at home, but do it safely. Yes, that was yeah. and it, it weirded me out a little bit, but as soon I think it was actually on Christmas Eve, and it was the last day yeah. that uh, Eli actually worked with us in Inferno okay. Room and. And, oh, magic. Just magic. You know, I was like, I need to do this every year. But, yeah, we also don't need to be going through, like, five liters of eggnog at my, ho- at my house every year. And I love it. I make it. Uh, Morgenthaler's is just, like, straightforward. It's badass. And I love him. I will say, Leandro is one of my bartenders uh, at Cole's. Um, his eggnog recipe is still my favorite. Yeah? That I, I use his specs. And Jeffrey, you're gonna hate me for this. I like it a little bit better than yours when I've changed it. Uh, There's room for two nogs. There's, There's room for two. And, yeah, and choose your flavor. Um, but his has been my favorite that we did at Cole's. Like we would do that every year. But that's still a race a recipe that I can deconstruct. Mr. Potato had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different. Right. Like if I do, I want bitter in there. Do I want this other flavors? Do I want to go more bourbon or rum? Who's coming? But. That's yeah. amazing. Those are my two top favorite ones. So before we wrap up here, awesome, so. before we wrap up today, um, you're based in Louisville now, but you travel a lot. I'm based in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So yes, because uh, I do a lot of our national events right. and help put them together. But I cut that down this year because I wanted to do more driving. Awesome. And more again, that. like we just said, seeing yeah. the U.S. and checking out all the cool little bars. Yeah. Um, so where can people find like information online? All these things we've been talking about. When we really talked more about the, I guess, the kind of the cult around Fernet Branca than we have anything. But where can people find kind of all the, the cool information online to find out you know more details and, and specifications of what we've been talking about today? So if you just go uh, and again, it's Fernet Dash Branca online, or you can look up the Branca family. It goes. The dash is important. That dash is very important. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Eldorado. <laughs> <laughs> In marketing. Uh, but that is where you will find, and then you can go to Bronco USA. Uh, we have the websites going on with that. Also, on Instagram, you can follow uh, Fernet Bronca. And they have, like, pictures from everyone. We've been doing whole programs of where they pull all regional pictures that it really showcases people from even from Argentina, Mexico, um, across the country, even like they've had stuff from um, Ohio, Kentucky. 
So Amazing. Uh, just, do you it, want to share anything personal? Do you have any personal accounts that you want people following you or not really? <laughs> you don't have to. I always no, ask because, well, you know. I think it's one of those things. I don't know if you I have a budding Instagram model career. No. I <laughs> um, I I've been working on mine for a while. No one cares. Yeah. I, I think I would be doing more of this. I took all social media for a while so I could work on all yeah, of this. And I wanted smart. to see what it was like away from me so I got to concentrate. I'm just getting back on there. Yeah. If you want to see stay it, it's Falco Burnett. I'm not the most interesting, it's, it's Falco, but maybe I will it's, be. It's Falco.Fernet? No, it's just Falco Fernet. Oh, Falco Fernet. No, it's Fernet Falco. I'm a liar. <laughs> you have been away for it's a while. It's another drink. No, I mean, yeah. It's, it's uh. I have this whole, Fernet like, uh, giant list of, of followers on my personal account yeah. that don't give a flying shit about me or who I am or what my life is about. <laughs> right. Because I have a parrot that dances to hip hop. And so, like, I have thousands of followers that, uh, I, and I get instant messages all the time or direct messages from people saying, more Padma, please. More Padma, please. I, I get more posts when I put the pictures of my cats yeah, on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I have Picasso and Frankie. So, I'll give you guys more of those so you can high-five them. I, I'm going to throw this out there in case anybody does happen to listen to it, and I doubt they do. So, my bird went viral uh, three years ago. Like, I, I pulled up a video that had 60 million views. What type of? Uh, she's a green wing macaw. Macaw. Okay. Um, and we didn't train her to do any of that. We just, I was in the shower one day and I was listening to 50 Cent <laughs> and she was sitting on top of the shower rod and I noticed her like throwing her hands up, like dancing and like, yeah. yeah. And I thought it was hilarious. I took a video. If I would have known that it was going to go viral, I would have cleaned my shower up a little bit, <laughs> um, you know? And then I realized that she just really, really loves hip hop. I listen to metal primarily. Right, right. I mean, I, I like hip hop. Don't get me wrong. That's why I was playing it. Right. But yeah, like she does. She doesn't dig on it. She doesn't dance to it. But but you put on a strong beat. So in the club, that's her jam. Right. Like, so yeah, she's like, like, I gotta go. As soon as I home. kick it on, she fluffs all her feathers out, puts her wings out. That's yeah, amazing. it's crazy. So yeah, I'm not kidding. I get these DMs all the time. It's like, can you post more? For more videos of Padma. Yeah. Like, I could say something. Who's named like, after Padma Lakshmi? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From Top Shot, that's <laughs> Well, let's yeah. go have more drinks. Yeah, we're going to have um, more drinks. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for um, having me. This was so much fun. It is. We got to do it again. You're, you're close. I, mean, I need to get down to Louisville. It's you been, do. It's been a while. I'm waiting for it to warm up a little bit. Louisville spring, or Cincinnati. Well, go, let's go across. Yeah. Yeah. How else to do both? Yeah. Because going through Kentucky in the spring, for all of y'all that are like outside of yeah. the Midwest, going into Kentucky in the spring, especially bourbon country, yeah. is... Uh, it looks like you're in a Bob Ross painting. I mean, it really does. Like wild turkey in that valley. You're like, is this that real? Yeah, right. Fall You've got to hit one or the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But everybody gets excited to get on the road in springtime. Well, so. and also it's sunny again, and we're not in the right. dredge of like, did we get out of our beds today? Yeah. Exactly. We exactly. Did. We did. Yeah, this daylight savings thing just happened. Uh, you think recent, four year bourbon happened by accident? I'm no. still not adjusted to like the different hours of, of, of the day. I, I forgot that it had even happened because of the auto adjustment. I was like, so. I walked out at six. I'm like, wait, the sun's still going? I know, right? Yeah, when, when, the, when the evening lasts until 10 p.m. Yeah. Then you go to the Pacific Northwest and it's dark by three. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, sorry, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well, well cheers. cheers. Thank yeah. you so much. Me too. See you soon.